Welcome into episode number three of the Frazier Athletic Show. A lot to talk about on the boys' side of things. Girls, not so much on basketball or wrestling, continue to get underway. Alex Lyons, Nick Hickson joining us today. Uh, John Malone, the athletic director here at Frazier. As we're in store for a good show, a lot to talk about, at least in some areas, a little less than others. Yeah, should be a pretty good show. Thanks for having me on, guys. Looking forward to it. All right, keep it right here. We'll be right back, and we'll start things off with girls basketball right here and only on the Frazier Athletic Show. We're back here on the Frazier Athletic Show as we will start things off with girls basketball. Only one game to talk about, but they picked up that first win of the season against a Springdale team in full rebuild mode, coming off a season where they only had Nine girls on their roster. We're up to 20 this year, but have only won three games in the previous four seasons as the Commodores were able to come away with win number one on the season and improve the record to one and four overall. Yeah, that's really a big win for them to build up the record and hopefully get some momentum going into these next few games. I know they kind of had that week off that may have ruined it, but hopefully they get something out of it. Yeah, regardless of records, you know, just getting that first win, especially after, you know, you start the year with a couple losses, you know, it's kind of like getting the monkey off your back. You know, you can kind of relax and just play ball at this point. So hats off to the girls on getting that first win and they can uh, keep building moving forward. The team put out a great defensive effort in quarter number two, shutting out Springdale. And that's really what kind of spring them into the victory. They were down 9-7 after one. Went on a 12-0 run in the second. And they shut Springdale out for most of the third quarter. But Springdale shut them out most of the third quarter. Springdale outscored Frazier 4-3 in the third. And Frazier took control in the fourth, outscoring the Dynamos 14-7 to take it 36-20 to in their first one of the year. But, again, it was a struggling Springdale team. But, nonetheless, you're glad to see that first win come. But the thing you still have to be concerned about for Frazier Second straight game, Kalen Shapork are pretty much nowhere to be found. And that that's your go-to player. Yeah. Ever since she scored 24 versus Mount Pleasant, she's been silent. She's been cold. And I think it's really that ankle injury. It's really a nagging her. And... I agree that it has to have a decent play on it. But what does concern me saying it's just an injury, and like you, you'd like to think it's just an injury possibly, and that's why she's yeah. uncomfortable. But that injury didn't occur till. Either it was lab, the second quarter. It was, it was third or fourth quarter. It was third or fourth quarter against Sarah Catholic. She didn't score in the first quarter because her first three, or first bucket was a three. It came in the fourth quarter just after she injured that ankle. Uh, yeah, sometimes, you know, an injury like that, it can totally, you know, just hamper everything from mechanics to just the entire way you play. So, um, if it's going to be something that's going to linger for a couple weeks, you know, if anyone can, you know, uh, adjust and conquer, it's Kaylin. You know, hopefully she can uh, learn how to cope with it, continue to rehab it, and uh, get back to the point where you know we know that she can play at that high level. Yeah, and sometimes that week off, it can do bad things, and it also can do good things for Kaylin Shaporka. Yep. That time of rest, a lot of time healing on the ankle, but a big loss. Newcomer goes down early going in the game against Springdale. And that's a big loss of starter for the Commodore. So now both basketball teams have lost a key starter due to injury here yep. in the early going of the season. That's some height down low. And you're going to have to look at Mackenzie Miller, who got off to a slow start underneath to really pick things up. And as of late, 
she's really becoming less timid, more physical, and almost averaging 10 rebounds a game right now. And that's a big key down low for Frazier. Yeah, she really is a big key down low. And, I mean, she just has to keep doing what she's doing and get the job done. Yeah, absolutely. And with Kaylin, you know, with, hampering with that injury, it's it's going to rely on other uh, players to step up. You know, we have a really nice young group of players in uh, Delaney Warnick, Molly Yawk, and Ta- Taylor Hazelbaker, who are still, you know, young, developing the rest of their game. And it's encouraging to see, you know, some of the seniors, such as Mackenzie, such as Kaylin, such as Kendall, you know, kind of teach them along the way and mentor um, these young players because it's going to be their team next year. Yeah, Yawk, I think she can be something special in the near future. She shows some brief appearances of what she can do, especially in that game in the loss to Albert Gallatin where she had her career high thus far at nine, but averaging just around four a game coming off the bench. Yawk showed some good promise. Kendall getting back into form this year is, I think, going to be a big help. I mean, she hasn't played basketball since her sophomore year, really. Got injured during volleyball season. So finally getting healthy, getting back on the court and putting up decent numbers and helping pick up what the slack her sister's kind of leaving right now, just whether it be the injury, whatever may be, you know, going through it right now. I mean, is it a case of the yips in a sense? You know, you see that all the time in like sports like baseball with Pedro Alvarez going your local pirates, uh cliche there, but Miller's coming in nicely, adding in points consistently. After starting off a little bit slow scoring, now finding in a scoring rhythm, staying very physical down low on the rebounds. Delaney chipping in nicely, especially in that last game, 14.6 rebounds for the Commodores to help them get that first win of the season. Yeah, in a way, this break, I think it might have been a blessing in disguise for this team. You know, after getting that first win, um, you know, nowhere do you ever want to, you know, be shut down for 10 days, no uh, games or practices. However, um, that was some time that Kaylin was able to get some rest and heal that injury. And I think, you know, with it being her senior year, she, you know, really wanted to go out with a bang. And, you know, sometimes you just have to, you know, simplify the game, go back to basics. And I think, you know, now that we're getting ready to start back up, I, I think she'll get back to that level that we know that she can play at. Yeah, I think another thing for Kaylin too, is these teams really are going to key in on her because she, I mean, arguably is the best player on the team. And these teams are going to key in on her, and like that's going to create opportunities for other aspects of the team. And I'll say this no matter what level it is. If you're getting recruited by a college to play basketball, you're, you're good. a pretty good player. Yeah. Because there's a hundred and hundreds of starters in the WPIL that don't even get looks at college. Yeah. I mean, both sides of things, whether it be Division three, Division two, Division one, not everyone can go in and play those. So if you're getting a look, you're definitely doing something right and definitely a prominent player like Kalen is. But the question is, can she return to form, which I think she definitely can. And it's going to start, does that ankle heal up, heal up nicely, which I'm hoping this break gives her that ability. And once she gets back on the court, at least at a healthy aspect of things, is she going to start shooting the basketball again? And it's not necessarily her taking the threes or, you know, those open looks from beyond the arc, which she can make. But is she going to start driving to the rim again where she's so effective? Coming to that last game against Springdale, I had her shooting, let me find it, 50% from the field, 44 from beyond the arc. I'm sorry, if you're shooting that well, and I know you have to be selective, but anytime you have an open look or open lane with a team that sometimes lacks scoring, you got to take those opportunities. You really do. But they will be back in action finally this upcoming week with a pair of games. uh, And 
it's not necessarily easy foes to start back in with. Seton LaSalle and Uniontown. Thursday at Seton LaSalle. That is a section game. I uh, haven't seen anything recently on Seton LaSalle. Last I time. think they were actually shut down too for a little bit. Yeah, at the beginning of the season, they were down. I want to say it was before Christmas they were down. Um, so they, you know, kind of in the same boat as us. They they know what it's like to be shut down, and they're going to come out and they're going to be hungry and they're going to be a tough opponent, as will Uniontown. Yep. Seton LaSalle was one of the teams coming into this classification, thought to be right up with there with Sarah Catholic. Uh, Sarah Catholic, obviously, the top dog inside of Section 2 of Class 2A, but Seton LaSalle, definitely a formidable opponent for this Commodore squad. And then after those two games, they'll obviously, we'll get into that game obviously more in the next episode, but they'll come into their senior game, mid-season senior day game against Best Center. But I, I still love that setup, and I'm sure you had a lot to do with that, John, the doubleheader senior day against Best Center. I just think that's an awesome thing. Yeah, working with the coaches, you know, it's it's really going to be great for the seniors in a year that's been so unpredictable in terms of the, the shutdowns and the limitations on how many people can be at a game. It's going to be nice just to showcase all the hard work that all the kids – that all the coaches have put in behind the scenes and be able to celebrate, especially the seniors on that night. It's going to be a real, really nice night. And I mean, who doesn't love a little best center Frazier rivalry? Uh, that's that's always fun. I mean, I'm a huge fan of best center Frazier. I'm excited for both of those games. I made sure I will be here for both of those games against best center. That's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, it, it doesn't matter how good either team is. You know those two teams hate each other. It doesn't matter what sport it is. Those two teams, those two schools don't get along. I mean, it, it's just how it goes. I mean, you could be out in public. Frazier kid sees a kid in the best center shirt. They're like, I don't like them. <laughs> Same thing goes the other way. And, I mean, they could be the nicest person in the world. But, I mean, it's just an outstanding It's just the rivalry. history behind it. I mean, you have – you see these great rivalries in professional sports. This is one of my favorite rivalry, rivalries in – High school athletics. Yeah. I mean, at least in the small local areas, I just I just love it. The intensity, everything you get from it. And it's great because not only do you see that at the pro level, but as you guys said, it uh, trickles down to the college, to the high school level. And no matter what high school you went to, I didn't go to Frazier. Um, so I'm new to learning the, the rivalry between Beth Center and Frazier from an athletic standpoint. Um, but like I said, every school, it seems like every high school has that one school yeah. that – no matter what sport it is, that's just a team you want to beat and uh, just kind of stick it to them. Yeah. All right. I think we should move into the uh, player of the week for the girls now. Only one game to choose from, man. Uh, just like last week, we have a two-horse race. One of those two were the same. We Mackenzie Miller had another very solid game, 10 rebounds, 7 points. But on the other side of things, the sophomore Delaney Warnick really shined for the Commodores, doing it scoring, passing, and rebounding, 14 points. Six rebounds for Warnick, who was outstanding, really, in that opening win for the Commodores. Yeah, she really was a key piece in that win, and, I mean, she did her job. And of those 14 points, you know, they were extremely dirty uh, work that she was doing in that game. So um, she wasn't afraid to go down low, and um, it, it wasn't she wasn't getting style points to get those points. I mean, they, they it, in a way, it kind of seemed like they counted more than the 14 points she put up. So she definitely uh, – it was – Big for the team to get those. Got to the line multiple times. Uh, an and one completion for Warnick as well. So Delaney Warnick uh, going to be our second girls 
Frazier Basketball Athlete of the Week, putting up that 14 points, six rebound performance, knocking down three out of five attempts from the charity stripe. And it wasn't much to go on this week, but again, anytime you help your team get their first one of the season, show out like that and maybe have your best career game up to this point, which Warnick probably did. I mean, that helps a lot and yep. well-deserved uh, for her this week. All right, now moving on. A little bit of a special guest for the boys segment next. Uh... Yeah, so keep it here. When we come back, we'll move the boys basketball. We'll be joined at least part of the way with head coach Zach Kiefer. So stay tuned for that. It's going to be a lot of fun right here on the Frazier Athletic Show. We're back here on the Frazier Athletic Show and pleased to be joined by head coach Zach Key for the boys basketball team uh, coming off a win here this afternoon. Not necessarily the prettiest win the, wins the last two days, but, you know, wins are wins. And, you know, you got your sixth of the season and you're sitting pretty comfortably, at least right now inside the section, getting ready for that big match versus California. Uh, man, we uh, wins are wins. Obviously, uh, we're going to take those. Uh... Now, however they may come, uh, ugly uh, ugly as they were at times, uh, there were still stretches of the last two games that uh, we played really good basketball. Uh, within that loss at Greensburg Central on Thursday night, uh, you know that might have been the hardest we played all year against our tough, toughest opponent. A um, lot to learn from uh, the last three games here. Um, and Tuesday, uh, we really had a big week, uh, four games in this week. Um, you know, we, we just have to get better, and uh, we're going to rest our legs up here. Uh, uh, California got a big uh, win at Manesson uh, last night, and uh, we have a non-section game on Tuesday with Kaibel, and uh, we're going to prepare uh, you know, our best for that and then uh, going to California on Friday for a big-time section matchup. I think it's nice to almost have kind of a light week, light week, especially with what you've been seeing, four-game weeks. I mean, even if they've been cut down with cancellations, but a lot of four-game weeks scheduled, and now you're coming off a big four-game week. As you said, your toughest opponent you face, looking at the schedule, in my opinion, might be the toughest all year, depending how California actually turns out on your schedule. But you have, in a sense, a tune-up game to take what you learned from these past three games, then a couple of days off, and then you got to get into that California game. Do you think that gives you a bit of an advantage compared to what you've been going through? Oh, for sure. I think just the, the general resting uh... – you know, these couple, next couple of days, they got to treat their body right, uh, hydrate up, uh, get a lot of rest. And, um, you know, a non-section game with Geibel. And then those those two uh, two days of practice leading up to Friday are going to be critical to, uh, you know, really fix the things that we need to fix. And, uh, you know, what's going to make us successful, uh, we got to make sure we work on. And, um, you know, come come every minute is important, every rep, every practice, uh, and every game. So we just got to get better every time we step foot on the floor. Teams seem to be really, at least the last three games that I've seen, I wasn't at the Manessing game, obviously. Uh, you would know that. I'm not necessarily all our listeners, but um, it seems like they've teams have really been focusing in on Owen a lot lately. Uh, how do you think he can push through that and kind of extend to the next level? Obviously, Luke's done a great job picking up some slack. 30 at GCC, 23 here this afternoon against Char Houston. But how do you think Owen can kind of push through that and get back to that level? Um, when you can shoot the lights out like him at times, you're going to get some of the best defense. And, um, you know, in many ways we look at it, a team has to pick its poison. And to be honest with you, it might change uh, game to game. 
you know, Luke has picked up some of the slack there. Uh, and Owen is still contributing, still doing well. Uh, but uh, that being said, uh, each night this team, I think, uh, you know, in general, believes that anyone can, can pick up that slack each night. But I think Owen just has to keep his confidence up, uh, you know, do the things that he does well, uh, you know, continue to shoot, continue to work hard. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll continue to do a good job to, you know, make sure we're, we're using screens well and uh, running our offense uh, to the best of our abilities to, to continue to get him those looks. Uh, but I think that says a lot about Owen that, you know, again, the team's got to focus on that. And again, that may change as, as games go on. And, um, you know, a team has to figure out who they need to, to shut down. And as a team, like good teams do, uh, someone else has to step up. I mean, this is from my viewpoint. I mean, I'm sure a lot of other people would disagree with this, but from what I've seen out of this team, it's such a team, one of the most te- teams that bought in the most to what I think you're selling them, what, you know, Jimmy is selling them as well, because they seem to have really bought into what you guys are trying to do with the program. And that even when maybe someone's having an off night, they still find other ways to contribute. As you said, with Owen doing, I look at Colton as well. Last couple of games, he maybe not putting up the point toes, but he's still grinding it out on the defensive end. You have a guy like Kenny go down. I mean, that's a huge loss for you guys. But Chase, since Kenny's been injured, he was averaging three points a game before Kenny got hurt. In those last three games, six at GCC, seven at Southmoreland, then six again here this afternoon. And what, what do you kind of attribute to them really buying in and finally maybe getting everything to click? Uh, I think, number one, uh, you know, three three out of these five starters have a lot of games under their belt. Um, you know, Luke's a four-year starter, uh, Colton and Owen, um, you know, some of them on and off three or four-year starters. Uh, that's a lot of minutes. That's a lot of games. Um, uh, you know, that they have a lot of experience. Um, you know, I, I know we talked earlier and I said, Hey, the expectations are high, but I'd be lying if they weren't. I mean, there's a lot of experience out there on the floor. Uh, so we can rely on that, but at the same time, they've been firm believers in five guys, you know, acting as one out there, uh, that team concept, that unified concept. And, uh, you know, Kenny, that's a big hit. And we're still, to be honest with you, learning how to play without him these last couple games and uh, you know the simple fact is uh, you know we're doing our best to get that chemistry back up to where it was um, and you know Oldham's coming in or he's stepping in he's doing a great job Christian Mangrino the last two nights uh, you know we're asking kids to to get in there and do things they're not used to doing and, and they're stepping up to the plate Dom Dorkin same thing uh, you know they're you hate to be cliched, but it's a next man up. You know, you can either sulk and cry about it or you work harder and, and, uh, you know, get better because of it. And I think we kind of took, even though it's been sloppy at times, that's all part of the learning curve with, you know, the new bodies in there. Um, the chemistry will come, but it's still that five guys out there on the floor, um, working as one and and working for a common goal. So they bought in and, um, you know, they play for each other still. It's just we're going to get that chemistry back to to where it needs to be to be fully successful. Talked about chemistry there, and they're such an unselfish team. And I don't think I've seen a team throw more cross-court passes, <laughs> let alone – I mean, I, I know people say you don't want to see that, but they're so successful at it. And they, they pick and choose their spots. I know it can be risky at times, but they look for the extra pass. They They may have an open look, but they're willing to give it up for an even better look. Because you see Colton a number of times. I mean, he doesn't shoot much from being on the arc, but when he does, he's very consistent. So you'll see him give up maybe a good three-point look, give it to Santo, and 
Luke's going to drive to the basket and get two, maybe old school three point play. He does that a ton. I mean, that chemistry is just incredible. That team has for sure. I mean, they're as a coach, it's fun to watch. I lo- I love coaching them. Um, it's a great group to have. I'm sure the fans and anyone seeing it, it is a fun group to watch. Um, some of the little hairy situations here at times with those cross court passes, but I tell you what, uh, you know, we practice that. That's what's open on some of them skip passes. They got to throw it, uh, you know, hard. They got to throw. We call them big boy passes. Um, you know, I would say today after today's game, I think there were a few times we were a little too unselfish. Uh, opportunities for layups that we kicked out, and you know, some went out of bounds. We got some deflected, a couple steals. Um, but we are a very unselfish bunch. And I tell you what, as a, as a team and as a staff, uh, we praise assists just as much as we do uh, those points. Um, you know, and that's just – that's how we are. Uh, and that's – that's I wouldn't want any other way, to be honest with you. That team is looking great to start the year. I mean, six wins already, three in the section. Uh, I really only have one more question. I mean, th- this is kind of getting off topic. How, how's the clipboard count right now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well – we had three magically to start the year. We are somehow down to two, but um, it was a clean break, clean break last <laughs> night. Uh, yeah, we had. To I, have, I'm not uh, sure what happened, but uh, you know, sometimes you have to. Yeah, we had Ashley the, Cox look the, at it, and she it, said it was a goner. The intensity uh, has to get amped up every once in a while to uh, get them going. So. Uh, we were down one, to say the least. <laughs> to say the least. I mean, hey, the passion starts right there, though, with you. I mean, you set kind of an example, really, because I don't think, at least out of Frazier-wise, from when I was here through the last couple years, what I've seen, just how much the bench is bought. And when they're not in the game, they're in the game still. And that's such a crucial thing, because if you're in the game on the bench, excited for your teammates, really bought into the game, when you get in, it's not like, all right, I got to get myself ready to play. You're ready to go right off the bench. And Absolutely. I think it starts with you. I mean, you're, you're so animated uh, and so into the games, which is a good thing. Sometimes I wonder about myself. But uh, to be honest with you, uh, what you see is what you get. Um, you know, this this is how I teach. I'm a passionate person. I teach this way. Um, I coach this way, no matter it be football or, or basketball. It's just, I am who I am, and um, I don't really know any other way to, to do it. Um, and, and I do feel like they, they feed off of that, but I think most important in this, this COVID year, and you mentioned the bench, um, and I include my JVs within that bench. Uh, when you go on the road, there's absolutely nobody else there for you, but you, um, you know, what gave us energy on these away games and the only noise for us is our team. Um, and it's exciting and, and I'm proud of them for that, you know, from the bench, to the JVs on the bench behind us and the bleachers. Uh, it's fun to be a part of it. I think hey, they're just as much a part of it uh, as the ones on the floor. And uh, we stress that too. And I think you see that as, as they're buying into it. But a uh, big part of our success is, is all of them, the entire team, all 18 strong. So uh, on, on every given night, it's, it's 18 strong. So, um, and I think they're enjoying it because of it. And I know the kids on the floor appreciate it too. All right, Coach, I appreciate you uh, stopping by the podcast here. Uh, congratulations on the win today, and uh, good luck on the rest of the season. Thank you both kindly, and uh, we'll see you next week. All right, we'll be right back. Keep it tuned here to the Frazier Athletic Show. We're back here on the Frazier Athletic Show. As thank you again to our guest uh, head coach, Zach Kiefer, 
giving us his thoughts on today's game and the season. But it was a huge week in general, guys, yeah. for Frazier Athletics, 3-1 and one on the week. The huge win against Manesson, a loss to GCC, but that was probably – might have been the best game they played all week. Yeah. I mean, and it was the one they lost, but it was without Kenny Fine. And that's probably a different game. But overall, a really strong week put forward by the boys' basketball team as they continue to roll and get ready for that big matchup next week with California. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of anticipation building up to that game against California. You can't overlook Geibel, though. They're going to come out ready to play on Tuesday. But like you said, a lot of the these next day and a half, even though it's going to be short-lived, the rest is going to be much needed after three in a row. Yeah, 100%. And, I mean, that game Friday, Cal, it's going to be a big one. You could tell the fatigue was there a little bit last night. Definitely today. I mean, Owen Newcomer came out for maybe a minute at GCC, played, I believe, the entire game last night, played the entire game today. Luke played the entirety of all three of those games. Yeah. I'm not sure about Manesson. Manesson, he sat for like three minutes because he was in foul trouble, but still. So that's a lot of minutes for a lot of guys this yep. week. And that's kind of the reality of what seasons can be like this year. I mean, you can have your normal two-game week or you can have a four-game week because of makeups and trying to get back into things. And that's kind of what you saw this week. But they battled through some adversity with a loss and to GCC and then in games they probably shouldn't have faced adversity, they did, but I think that helps them learn a lot as they're still trying to get back and figure out what this new-look team's going to be until Kenny can get back on the court with them. Yeah, hopefully that's sooner than later. Yeah, it was kind of, in a way, it's kind of nice to have three non-section games in a row, um, you know, because replacing a player like Kenny, who has meant such a great deal to this team, um, they're going to have to try and adapt on the fly. And, you know, that's something that they've done over these past three games, three in a row. And they went two and one. And, you know, like you said, you know, arguably their best game of the week, maybe their best game of the season was against GCC in a loss. And like we've been talking about, that game had a playoff atmosphere. And that's a game that, you know, you're going to look back on and you, you never know. You might see that team again at some point in time. And I think that's GCC. You When you think of that school, whether it be true or not, you think prominence in sports. I mean, not as much as they used to be in football, but still very much in basketball. But you think of like how that legacy they have of being good. And when you come in there and very well could have beat them and gave them a game and again, one of the better teams in 2A, I mean, besides California, we really don't know what that's going to hold until Friday. I mean, yeah, they played Manesson, but we heard again, you heard rumors that, that Manesson didn't play a lot of varsity early in the game, and then Cal blew a big lead. Was it with their bench? Or I mean, said it's tough to tell nowadays, but you don't know what Cal is. That could be the best team you face all year, and you very well played it without one of your starters who's Mr. I'll play my role perfectly. I'll shoot the corner three. I'll play great defense. I'll play bigger than I am, get rebounds. And you very well could have won it. Yeah, Cal's a tremendous wild card right now with them kind of a delayed start to the season due to COVID, you know, with them only having one game so far against Manesson and want to know a, a nice win for them. They're a complete wild card. You know, we really don't know too, too much about them. And until Friday, you know, that it's going to be a great battle. I'm really excited for it. Yeah. Again, they are replacing their star scorer Malik Ramsey. So yeah. again, that was a big question coming into the season who did that they have low numbers this year i mean frazier's varsity team i guess you could say is a low number squad but i think most varsity benches are pretty yeah. short nowadays few exceptions here and there but it's 
Frazier's bought into this role and they're they're ready to go. The question is if Cal gets into a bit of a track meet, they which they didn't in Manesson really till later in the yeah, game. Yeah, fourth seemed quarter like, it seemed like. I mean, can they kind of keep up with the team like Frazier's been doing it all year? And you, that brings up a good point with them only playing one game and uh, Frazier having over five games at this point. You know, it it kind of you kind of might think that Frazier might be a little bit more uh, well prepared, more better condition for a game like that. So if it does turn into a track meet, I would kind of uh, turn the needle towards Frazier a little bit in that aspect of the game. And looking ahead a little bit with that game, if they win against California, they almost guarantee themselves a second place finish in the second. And I understand you're saying, well, you can't guarantee anything. and And I'd agree with you. But you should win both against Bentworth. I mean, Bentworth it got slaughtered by Jeff Morgan, who you killed. I mean, that should be two wins without an issue. You beat Carmichael's by well over 10. You beat Jeff Morgan very handedly. And it was never none of those games were really ever in question. I mean, obviously, we don't know about Bentworth, but they've got beat by everybody else. So you look at those. And it's like, OK, we should win all of those. No doubt. I mean, you'd think. Manessin, obviously, you should be able to beat them. You beat them on the road by over 10. You're coming here at home. Obviously, anything can happen, but you have them at home. Okay, so that, that's a solid look. But if you beat Cal on Friday, the worst you can finish is second in the section, pretty much, almost. And then if you beat Cal on Friday and then beat Manessin in the second game, you guarantee yourself pretty much a tie of the section championship. Yep. And that's obviously saying you have to beat who you're supposed to beat in Jeff Morgan, Carmichael's, and Bentworth. But to be looking at this point in the season saying, hey, we win these two games, the only two kind of question marks, we're guaranteed to tie the section. If we win all three, we have a a first section championship in forever. Yeah, and I know just talking to the players and the coaches, you know, getting out to a fast start in the section was a goal that they had this year, and they've done so. They're 3-0, setting up the showdown next Friday uh, at Cal. And this is a luxury that we have right now. You know, we can take care of our own business and not worry about other teams. When you take care of early wins and you can win those big games down the road, you know, you don't have to worry about anyone else but yourself. So, um, but that doesn't go to say, you know, playing these non-section games, the last two games against Southmoreland, against Chartiers Houston, you know, on paper, you know, you think and expect to win those games, but they weren't easy wins. They had to fight for them and, you know, expect later in the season um, games against teams like Jeff Morgan, Carmichael's Bentworth. We're going to get their best. That will be almost like their quote unquote Super Bowl. So we got to be prepared for every game. And I think that definitely helps them because it, you look at the aspects like now they know, you know, we can't take any game for granted, especially no. when you get back into the section. But I mean, it's going to be, I think, a tough test with California, but it's going to it's what you wanted for this season. They put themselves in a place where they don't have to get anyone else's help. You take care of your business like you were saying, John, and you're fine. And a couple of things I want to mention before we go to our player of the week, which we really never even talked about for boys basketball. It's going to be an on the air kind of discussion, but I have my personal thought for the honor this week. Luke Santo, 18 against Manesson. 30 against GCC, you know, tip back against Southmoreland, had a bit of a rough go of it, but, you know, that's expected every now and then. He still put up 13, 23 today, now over 900 career points for Santo, 80 away from that 1,000-point mark. Not that we're counting or anything. 
No, no. And, you know, we were also trying to figure it out. And sadly, we're thinking it could be on the road at Carmichael's or we're hoping the next game at home against Jeff Morgan, because asking him to do it for the best center game, he'd have to average about 27 points a game. Not saying it's impossible. Luke put up 30 against GCC, but very unprobable. And then you also have, again, the game against Cal, which you never know what's going to happen. So he'd have to average 20 to do it at Carmichael's. We're hoping maybe he averages just a little under so we can get it against Jeff Morgan at home. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Um, you know, now that we're getting extra close to this, um, like you said, Alex, we're hoping it's at home. But either way, we're just happy for Luke and all he's accomplished over his four years here. First player since looking to be the first player since Justin Novak to hit a thousand points. So I guess it's on the boys' side, at least. Oh, yes, on the boys' side. Yeah, because again, you had the two girls. Yeah. I mean, you have Sierra obviously hitting a thousand, you have Brooke who hit a thousand for the girls' side of things. But for the boys, it's been since Justin, and before that, it's been a while. Yeah. I, I mean, think LA, like LA hit a thousand. Most of his 1,000 points were here at Frazier before he went to GCC. So he was a thousand point scorer again. I think like seven hundred were at Frazier in his yeah. first two years. So he easily would have got it if he stayed. But moving on, so now it's a uh, athlete of the week time for the boys. Yeah, and I think. Uh, I think uh, the man we're talking about, yeah, Luke, Santa. Luke Santa. Only other person I think I could even throw into consideration in the ring, and this kind of might come as a bit of a surprise, not because of necessarily the numbers he put up, but kind of the role he's starting to fill, and that'd be Hazel Baker this week. Yeah. And that, that's because of what he did coming in. I mean, he's, he was a starter, but he's continued to uh, increase his production since Kenny went down. He was averaging three games, six, six, and seven in his last three. So someone that I would throw the hat in the ring, but Luke Santo had an outstanding week, yeah. especially uh, against GCC Southmore, or GCC Manesson and here today against Chartier's Houston. Yeah, I think the, the edge would have to go to Luke. But the one thing I will say about Chase, as someone who has not – you know, been a four-year basketball player who someone who was even unsure if he was going to play this year. And I think if you would ask Chase, he's definitely happy that he made the decision to play basketball this year. Um, he does so much that goes on behind the scenes in that gritty, dirty work of getting rebounds on both sides of the basketball, um, getting to the line to knock down clutch uh, free throws. He does a lot of things behind the scenes and um, doesn't always get the the criticism or the not the criticism, but the um, praise that he deserves. But he has meant so much to this team in just playing a role, and he's been such an unsung hero on this team. Um, having said that, though, Luke, you know he's really picked it up this week, and for this team moving forward, you know, for Luke and Owen to be that one-two punch up front, I mean, that's that's going to be big. Luke's really uh, embracing the. The vibe of getting close to a thousand, Chase embracing his role like every guy on this team does, and you gotta love that. That this team just really embraces what they each have to do on any given night to come out with a win, and it's been great success thus far. Frazier now six wins on the season, three inside the section. Luke Santo really heating it up this week, taking home the second boys athlete of the week honors for the basketball team, but now we'll switch things over from the hardwood to the mats where the wrestling team picked up their first win of the season at Jeff Morgan. Keep it tuned right here to the Frazier Athletic Show. We're back and we're moving to the mats as the wrestling team picked up their first win of the season 
on Wednesday at Jefferson Morgan. And Jefferson Morgan, they've been known to have some very good wrestlers yeah. coming out of that school. And that's where Frazier finds themselves getting win number one on the season, 39-34 over the Rockets. And they came out, and you kind of looking down the weight classifications. You knew Jacob Kors was going to win by four, but you knew you were going to lose in the 106 by four foot. So really the first, you look at that, and you're at your six, kind of six even going in, in a sense, to Tyler Clark, the freshman in the 113. And Tyler Clark, once again, picking up a win in his second appearance, now 2-0, this time by a pin in that 113 weight classification. And Clark, I mean, he's been wrestling a long time been very successful coming yeah. up through the program and we all thought and kind of knew it's like man rune lawrence he's going to be really good coming up out of, as a freshman but tyler clark i think starting to turn some heads here and what he can do as a freshman and what his future can hold well you're absolutely right and looking at the team as a whole you know obviously you mentioned you know the dominance that the the lawrences have shown over the parts of the last several years, but there are a lot of talented and exciting freshmen up and down this roster this year. And I'm really looking forward to seeing them wrestle. Yeah. Frazier after that Clark win, and then the forfeit with the cordage in 120 classification, they took a 12, six lead before falling behind 22 to 12. And that's when things started turning around at the 145 weight classification. Austin Wilson with a pin in five minutes and seven seconds. Going back, uh, not to mention Clark, his match was 243. Trent Hayes for Frazier, he got pinned in 46 seconds. So that's kind of something you don't like to see. But the quick pin for Clark was nice. Pretty quick pin for Austin Wilson. Nice in that 145 weight classification. Then Brent Gardner with an 8-2 decision. Then Noah Ritchie. One by forfeit. That gave the Commodores the first lead since the forfeit at 120, 27-22. And then Rune Lawrence does what he does, 56 seconds. James Larkin, no competition for the, the freshman at 172. Frazier at that point moved up 33-22. Then Aiden Mansbury, one by forfeit. And that point, you're thinking, all right, we're looking good here. We have two wrestlers left at 215, 285. We have it in the bag. But in the end, they lost both of those two, and both by pin. And Jonathan Wolf, tough competition for Matthew Cordage to have to go out there and face. And Cordage got pinned, but Wolf is just an absolute mammoth. And he's very athletic as well. I mean, running back on the football team and then coming in the 285 weight class in wrestling. Yeah, seeing highlights of him on the football field. And, you know, even though the, the size uh numbers was a little bit of a discrepancy you know just looking at him i mean he was a state qualifier last year so the the kid is extremely talented and can wrestle so there should be no shame in, in losing that match right there and of course i think he came in with a lot of hopes maybe not having the start he wanted but i think definitely he has some room to grow and he's stretched so thin i mean you talk about we talked about fatigue for basketball players Okay, Cord is doing all his basketball practices. He's playing in the games. Then he's wrestling. And, you know, he played he had two basketball games, uh, Thursday, Friday. And then he wasn't here today because Most of, of the wrestling. Time, he's wrestling and then leaving for the basketball games. Yeah. So he's practicing and then leaving. And, I mean, it's just talk about a guy who's really trying to do it all here. And, I mean, that's, that's a lot of work to put in. And, I mean – 
it's impressive that he's able to do it. And I mean, it's been a tall order thus far for Corge, but I think he has a lot to look forward to throughout the rest of this season. And I think he can go a lot of places, one and one on the year. But I mean, the two freshmen, or two of the freshmen, Room Morris and Tyler Clark, both two and zero, oh, and your other freshmen both picked up, I believe, their first wins. Uh, this in Mansbury and Austin, Austin Wilson. Wilson. Yeah, 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 both picked up. Was it this week that Wilson had? Yeah, I had Wilson and Mansbury both got their first wins in the high school singlet this week, and that's a big start for them too. I think we also have some totals from today, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, let me just find it here, pull it up. So, um, the varsity wrestling team was actually in a Christmas tor- tournament. It was postponed up until now as a result Merry of COVID. Christmas. Um, but we had two more freshmen. Um, I mean, we've talked about them a little already, but uh, Rune Lawrence going a perfect 5-0 and today and Tyler Clark going 4-1 and um, at the Southmoreland Holiday Classic. So, um, once again, the, the freshmen, you know, they're, they're still in the spotlight right now, but there is, there's a lot of season left and, you know, looking forward to seeing, um, some of the upperclassmen definitely getting back on track in terms of both the cordages. And in addition to just them, you know, bringing some more, some performance and, um, improving their records, just giving the tutelage and sort of the guidance to these young kids who are, you know, this is essentially, you know, they are helping grow this program, which over the past several years has grown from very little to a lot, as we see right now. And for those worried about uh, what's the wrestling team going to look like with Thane graduating, uh, his brother and uh, Tyler Clark have uh, kind of filled those shoes nicely in two different weight classifications and the 113 and the 172, both of those guys doing exceptional jobs coming out. Again, 5-0 and today for Rune. I mean, yep. he hasn't he hasn't lost this year. Tyler, one loss in, what, seven attempts now? I mean, mm-hmm. that's impressive. Impressive numbers. I mean, they're really, uh, I think, trending in the right direction. Yes. And what, again, I don't think the coaching staff had much worry in a sense. I mean, yeah, you hate to lose a guy like Thane, but they knew what they were coming. Maybe everyone else didn't, but. Yeah, that middle school program they have down there, it, it's built up pretty well, and you can see it. You're going to see it in the next few years of how the varsity program is going to perform. Yeah, they're developing into really, really good program here at Fraser. And yep. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see some more banners like Thane's in that gymnasium in the near either. future. I mean, maybe another Lawrence gets his name on the wall. I mean, maybe a guy like Tyler Clark, too. You've seen how successful yeah. he's been as just a freshman. But time to move to the wrestler of the, of the week. week. I think I mean, uh, we all uh, agree. This was probably the yeah, easiest consensus one. agreement. Not then, much debate here. Yeah, Room Lawrence uh, takes home the honors uh, for the second wrestler of the week here yeah. on the Fraser Athletic Show. I mean, both freshmen. Yeah. Tyler took it last week. Room this week. Freshmen running the table here this year, maybe on the wrestling side hey, of things. Maybe. Matthew Corge might have something to say about that, but only time <laughs> will tell as. The wrestling team, again, got their first win on Wednesday against Jefferson Morgan and competed very successfully today in the so-called uh, end of January Christmas tournament yeah, they have today. Tournament. But, guys, it's been a lot of fun here this week. And, John, I appreciate you hopping on. It's been a great time having you here. Appreciate all the hard work you put in behind the scenes. Thanks, fellas. Really appreciate it. You know, it's 
it's definitely been, even though it was a short week, it's been a long week. <laughs> so definitely going to enjoy this short weekend and uh, get ready to do it again ne- next week. We'll short, that's now. the word for it. A busy week behind us, but a lot more athletic events on the horizon. So make sure you tune into the Frazier Athletic Show every week to get you updated and keep you on track with what's going on in the world of Frazier Athletics on behalf of John Malone. Nick Kicks, and of course, Zach Kiefer, who stopped by earlier on. I'm Alex Lyons saying thank you for tuning in, guys. Have a great rest of your day, everybody.